You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 111 with Dave Schneider. Dave, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. 111. Yeah, 111. We were just discussing if that's a lucky number or not because it kind of sounds like it is. I'm feeling lucky today. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man, so Dave, you have a pretty cool history. I remember hearing about you a while ago. Uh, when you were running Ninja Outreach, uh, and you've gone on to sell that uh, and and run an agency now, so you've done the journey that a lot of people make in the opposite direction. You've gone from product to agency. I'm very interested to hear a bit about um, what inspired that decision because I guess you know a lot of people kind of get over client work and go go the other way. Um, but let's start with a little bit about how you got into this whole world and and Ninja Outreach. For sure, yeah. So I was working uh, a corporate job as a business analyst at a financial services company in the States, uh, in DC for a couple of years. My wife was an accountant in the city and we were just, yeah, getting kind of bored to be honest. And we were looking to do some traveling. Uh, we had both like avid travelers, studied abroad, that type of thing, but had never really, you know, we had sort of you know, joined the workforce and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we saved up some money and we quit our jobs and we planned a uh, one year backpacking trip uh, around the world that took us to kind of like Japan and Korea and China and and all throughout parts of Asia. And as we were traveling, I started to uh, do some blogging, some content marketing. We, we basically made a travel blog. Um, nice. You know, very original stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> must have been the only one course, at the time. Yeah, it was a revolutionary <laughs> idea at the time, James. Uh, a tra- two people writing about their travels uh, that nobody else really cares about. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> So we were doing that, uh, but we started to learn a little bit about SEO and the value that a website had to brands and that brands were interested in being featured on a website would actually pay money to be featured on a website for the audience and the, the link juice and all that stuff. And that's, that's where I kind of started to learn a little bit about the game, how the game works, um, and we made a little business out of it. Um, and we're able to kind of sustain our travel, not just one year, but it ended up being like five years or so. Oh, wow. And it's, yeah, it was cool. Uh, so hey, there's, that's what's different than the normal travel blog is that you actually made it into a business. <laughs> Not many people do that. Yeah, that was sort of the uh, the one percentile type thing there that, that we that we pulled off. Um, and you know, somewhere smack in the middle of that, I I connected with my partner, uh, my last partner, business partner Mark, on a podcast, and we started talking about doing software uh, because I had been doing the travel blogging work for a number of years. Uh, but it wasn't really that fulfilling, to be honest. It was a lot of just like link selling and stuff. So like somebody would pay you money, you'd put their link on a blog post or something like that. It was yeah. very transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cool in the sense that it was funny in our travel, but there was no satisfaction. There was no customers. We weren't really building anything. I didn't feel like I was creating anything. It was very entrepreneurial. So uh, I started to think about software as like this business model that I really wanted to go after, uh, have a real product, real customers, really be thinking about like running a business. Um, and so I connected with Mark, and he had this prototype of kind of what what we decided to call an influencer marketing software, and basically started Ninjarage from there in 2014. 
Yeah. Were you guys on AppSumo at one point? Yeah, that was like one of the first really big breakout things that we did. Um, we basically launched in January of 2014. We were on AppSumo, I think it was in August uh, yeah. of that year. It, it went really well. Yeah, um, that's uh, it's good to hear that because I hear a lot of mixed reports from people who've been on AppSumo. I feel like now there's not a lot of quality stuff going through there, but um, in the past there was. And, and around the time where you did it, I know like Better Proposals did back then and I know that was really good for them. But then I've seen other products where they've kind of never broken out of the lifetime deal market. <laughs> Yeah, I had a product like that. Uh, I basically launched another product on AppSumo like years later called Less Churn. It was a churn reduction software, oh. and it just totally flopped. You know, I mean, oh. like it was just so niche, and AppSumo's audience wasn't really like uh, software business owners. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they almost like took pity on me by launching it. They're like, oh, well, oh you, you did you did us a solid at Ninja Outreach, and that went so well. We'll do less turn for you, and it was just kind of embarrassing. Oh damn, yeah, and I think that's that's kind of we, we get asked to go on AppSumo all the time with our product content snare, and um, I mean, I think I don't know, like a big part of me really doesn't want to risk people churning into like lifetime deals. Like it's such a it would act, be absolutely kill off. Like it would half destroy our business. I feel uh, at this point, um, but also oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I just hear so many horror stories from the from the software <laughs> side, um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's really cool that you guys were able to to make that work. Um, and I wonder if a, people, so a lot of people listening might might have gotten in on that. <laughs> I saw. Um, now, obviously, you have moved towards like after selling that business, you've created a marketing agency, essentially shortlist.io. How? What made you go? And do that like i assume like did you do this before you'd sold ninja outreach was it already on the way up or did you have a little break like some people do while they work out what they want to do yeah it wasn't actually it kind of came out of nowhere uh probably it's like as many agencies do i had i had mentioned less churn just just recently and that was actually kind of supposed to be my transition product out of ninja outreach right um i bought less churn a few months prior to selling ninja outreach not with the intention to sell Ninja Outreach, so two things just kind of go hand in hand, but with the intention that one day I might sell Ninja Outreach and that I wanted another product to kind of work on, mm -hmm. and it just kind of came sooner than I expected. So when I was uh, trying to build Less Turn Up, because it was very similar kind of like Ninja Outreach back in 2014, like a basic product, like no real customers, kind of like bootstrapping it, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. I was like, I felt like I was back doing Ninja Outreach again. And I was like, okay, I guess I need to do some link building and I should do some guest posting. I was going to do the same marketing stuff that I had done for Ninja Outreach. Um, and I was like, oh boy, but this is so tedious. I don't really want to do this anymore. Like I did this four or five years ago and I really don't have the sort of capacity to like write a lot of articles these yeah. days about stuff that's been written a million times, like just to get a post on somebody else's website. Um, and I didn't really want to pay people to do it either. I mean, I, I know I had obviously just like exited a software company. I wasn't necessarily hurting for cash, but I still have like a bootstrappers mentality and I didn't really want to kind of spend a lot of money to get it off the ground. And I was paying for development of the product and stuff like that. So um, what I did was I kind of created a link building service funded by a few other clients that with the intention would allow me to essentially uh, include links to less churn as I as I was doing it. So yeah. the idea was that the clients were getting a great deal because I wasn't really charging them much. 
Um, but then I could also include a link for myself in every article and that, that would, the client's money would fund somebody else to write it. And the idea was that there would be this link building service for less churn that I was getting without paying for it. That was yeah. basically the idea. Um, and that kind of spiraled into actually like a link building and an SEO service. And yeah. that kind of spiraled into an agency. <laughs> and that's nice. where we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I can see that now you're you're doing quite a few different things like web design and dev and, and marketing as well. So that's like, you know, you're essentially becoming a full service agency there, which is like, how's it going that way? Like, it, it sounds like it's been a bit of a, you know, it's slowly built on itself so that it maybe is not overwhelming. Like, I know a lot of people try to dive in and do all of that stuff from day one, but have you kind of slowly grown that into different services? I would say so. Um, we've been working on it about two years or so, and you know the, the original services, the core services, were link building and SEO. And then, uh, in my opinion, you know, with agency work, it's it it's probably not advisable to be a one trick pony uh, yeah. because you never know where like SEO and link building is going to go. It's always a little bit of like volatile ground. And then often, you know, you're, I mean, what you're really trying to do is you're trying to grow the company. You're trying to kind of be a growth-oriented uh, service. And if you don't have design and development capabilities, if you don't do content marketing, then you're never really able to fulfill the full strategy for the customer. You may need to re- rely on their internal team or some additional agency or contractors to kind of come in and help. And that's just not really a, you're not in a good situation with your KPIs and what you mm-hmm. need to do. So we started to kind of add on these additional services as we went. Um, and I think that that's worked well, well for us and it's kind of the direction we want going forward. Yeah, nice. I remember when we first started actually talking about doing this this interview, I uh, was looking at your services and I'm like, it's kind of almost exactly what we need right now. So maybe we'll end up uh, <laughs> actually working with you at some point. I'm interested in, um, I guess, how you actually do SEO. I, I, what wasn't the plan for this episode, but um, you know, I wonder if it is interesting for agencies that because. Do you do white-labeled work by any chance for other agencies? You mean do other agencies white-label our services? Yeah. Is that the question? Uh, yes. Yes, they, they do. Yeah. Um, definitely link building is a big one. A lot yeah. of agencies don't want to run that in-house uh, totally. because it's kind of like a pain. You've got to build up like this whole database uh-huh. and you're constantly prospecting for sites. And we do all our link building in-house, so some agencies do white-label that. Um, and then the other services, um, I, I, you know, very occasionally people have maybe white labeled some other stuff, but it's not as common. It's just harder to white label like development or something, you know? Yeah, it is. Um, I know a lot of people do it, um, but yeah, the, the link building is definitely one of the easiest to white label services I've seen because you can be doing their on page SEO or whatever, and then just, and then ask another agency to do the links. But um yeah, so I'm. If you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about that process of like, how, like, are you doing outreach um, for sites, or do you just have a database of sites that you're constantly adding to that you know accept your guest posts? For link building, yeah, mm. um, it, it, it's both. Uh, the thing about link building is that it. This, this is my personal take on it, is, is that for the most part from what I've seen from other agencies, other providers, there is a lot of overlap in terms of kind of the database, right? Mm-hmm. There's There are websites that just sell guest posts, that sell links. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the game. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, and so if you are in the game, if you are you know, selling guest posts and things like that, you're eventually going to get picked up by some link builders and you're going to kind of get passed around and everyone's going to know about you and all of a sudden you're on everybody's list. <laughs> um, I'm I'm on uh, my email. I don't sell uh, links. I don't even have really a website, but uh, I get requ- I, I somehow my email address uh, it was on lists, you know, before, and now I get emails all the time. Oh, um, yeah, it's it's really amazing. Um, but uh, you know, so so a lot. So I, I think you know what I'm trying to say is I think that there's a lot of overlap in, in sort of that service, and, and the difference between the services is is often not not so much. What we've tried to do because I do feel it's important to kind of differentiate yourself as best you can. Um, is we have incorporated uh, quality standards that I don't often see elsewhere. Um, for example, uh, pretty much every link building service, you're going to see someone talk about domain rating or domain authority, right? Like everybody's got that. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the better ones will have things like organic traffic uh, as well, finally. And then maybe <laughs> some of the best ones will have other things like the number of referring domains, like the trust flow, the citation flow. They're like looking at metrics from all the all across the board. And, and that's what we've tried to do so that, you know, while we may have sites that other people uh, do, almost more important is that we don't have sites that other people do, that we've excluded a lot yeah. of the bad ones um, from that. And so you can be really confident w- with us. And we, and we invest a lot into the content writing um, and the quality of the articles and stuff like that. Uh, but we're constantly prospecting for new sites. You, you really have to be. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, and I, that quality thing is, is really hits like close to home for me because I engaged uh, like a friend, I guess, to do some link outreach recently. And he was doing that standard model of outreaching as me, actually. Like he, I don't know, I just didn't really think about it. He came to me and said, um, you know, it's better if we can send the emails as you. Um, And then I I just was like, yeah, sure, go for it. Um, And he did it. And then they also guest posted as me. And the first one I saw was when a post of mine started getting shared around uh, with a few people. And um, I, because I guess they just trusted me and they didn't really fact check it or whatever, didn't read it, just trusted my name was on it. So it'd be good. And uh, I read it and I was just like, oh no, this is really bad. (laughs) Like it was just the worst post. And um, so I actually uh, ended up just rewriting, like it was like, a really hardcore day for me. I'm like, when am I going to get a chance to rewrite this? And I was just like, I don't care. I had to just tr- drop everything and rewrite the post right then and there. I'm like, that was a big lesson learned for me that like good quality outreach and good quality, um, uh, actual writing is really freaking important with this stuff because there's potential brand destruction. Otherwise, you know, like, even when I saw the list of landed links, I knew half the people on it, whether it's from this podcast or whatever. And I was like, well, that's the only reason they linked to me. So I just made their job easy and paid them a lot of money for uh, for links that we could have got ourselves. But <laughs> Yeah, it's a really small world. Uh, and uh, I've at times, you know, tried to leverage my persona uh, for similar types of things, thinking that like, oh, yeah, the, the hit rate is going to be better if we use my name or something like that. But it, it almost always backfires. Like mm. somebody gets an email who I know and is like, hey, Dave, like, didn't we just talk yesterday? Like, how come you didn't <laughs> mention this? And it's like, okay, this is, uh, we're never doing this again. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> my experience. You know, I'm just like, yep, no, I'm 100% <laughs> done with that. <laughs> 
Yeah, just and it was just like, yeah, sure, we can do that. Like that was the decision that really spiraled out of control without me sort of realizing it. So yeah, lesson learned and hopefully there's a lesson there for people listening to this as well. And that's why I like the idea that you guys have existing sites, you know, they're probably going to be outside of my network, um, you know, and and that you're not doing just like outreach just as me. So yeah. So what have been, I guess, the pros and cons of going from SaaS to an agency? Like, you know, whether that's like growing pains or like just things you've had to deal with as growing an agency. Yeah. So, I mean, typically when you hear people talk about an agency and stuff like that, uh, main complaints are clients. (laughs) Clients are kind of like frustrating and, and you know, I wish I had a SaaS and have to deal with it and stuff like that. And I I don't know if, if I, if, if that has been my experience, um, to be honest, I mean, Ninja Reach had customers and there was customer support. And sometimes that was also kind of like frustrating. Um, and maybe it's a little bit different because, you know, they're not like a high, quote unquote, high end paying client, but they still need to be kind of like tended to. So mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know if that's been been my problem with it. I think that, you know, I mean, the, the thing about an agency is just uh, one of the difficulties about it is the lack of focus, I guess. Like if you have a product, you kind of like, all about that you know it's like when we were doing ninja reach we were thinking about uh who that target market was and we we're trying to build the perfect product for them and and so we were thinking about the features and stuff like that i uh, wish i wish i found it that bloody simple man i'm like i'm focused on like 800 things and like partnerships and and link building and on-page seo and content and like freaking facebook group and podcasts <laughs> i yeah, need some no. focus <laughs> It, it, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is still running a business, and like running yeah. a business means struggling like a lot of hats in, in, in one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, but like with an agency, you know, it's like you have one client and they're in like the crypto niche, and then you have another one and they're like a fitness brand. And it's just yeah. kind of like always uh, very, very disparate types of things. Of course. Um, but I, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I think I, mean, I, I almost find it kind of, I hate to say the same. Uh, but there's a lot more similarities than I guess I would have expected. Like we still have a remote team. Uh, everybody's kind of working, you know, remotely. They have different job roles. There's markers, there's designers, there's developers, there's copywriters. Like, you know, you have revenue, cost, profit, margins. I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess a lot of it really kind of boils down to similar types of stuff. I think the thing that uh, at the end of the day where I really differentiate, I guess, the SaaS from the agency is that the SaaS, um, and this is the reason why I didn't jump right into another one, was just, it's, it, in my experience, is extremely costly to start up because developers are super expensive uh-huh. and to really build a decent product takes a lot of development work. Um, but the potential for an exit or like a, a multiple on valuation and stuff like that is like so much higher than anything with like an agency. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously people buy and sell agencies, but... It's just not really associated with that, like I said. Yeah, it's harder for sure. And and yeah, I can totally uh, like on board with the, the startup cost. Like I don't even know if we've broken even from our initial startup cost on Content Snare yet. You know, like the amount of money that goes into development um, versus, you know, how hard it is to grow. Like I know some people seem to do okay with growing a SaaS product, but like <sighs> most people I know, like I know a, guy, a friend of mine, uh, I don't know if... Uh, he runs a um, maid service software. He's from Amar. The, yes, he's in the DC yeah. as well. Small world. Did I not just say it was a small world? <laughs> oh yeah. So it's ridiculous. <laughs> so 
Um, he and I were having a Twitter back and forth the other day about our revenue growth from the beginning. And he actually put a screenshot of his up because I put a screenshot of mine as well. Um, no numbers, just the actual like general yeah, trends. And you can see his has just been linear for like six years, you know, or very then, close uh, to linear. Yeah. I was in a mastermind with him for years. Oh, nice. Uh, when I was doing Ninja Outreach and he was doing... Um, can we say Zenmade? I don't know if that was Zenmade. Yeah, yeah. Cut cut it out if you if we're. If we're no, no, no. There's nothing wrong with saying. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I just so I was you know month to month I was just kind of hearing about hey we added you know seven hundred dollars in MMR this month or something like that yeah. you know just something like very linear um, and I know that I think it's going a lot better for him now but it is just like a long slow ramp of, of death uh-huh. like some somebody put it once. Yeah, I guess this, it's it's interesting because I know to a lot of people they see SaaS as a holy grail, and you know I know I kind of did in a way. Um, you know I, I'm very software minded, like I, I much prefer that rather than running an agency, but that's just how my mind works. Um, but yeah, I like I, I think it gets put on a pedestal, and people don't realize how hard it is to grow a SaaS. So it is. Yeah. I hope it's refreshing to some listeners that they've heard from someone that's gone the other way, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to like put it very bluntly, like uh, after Ninja Outreach, after four years of kind of experience and success, like I attempted another SaaS and just fell flat on my face. Like mm-hmm. that's how hard it is. That like mm-hmm. even after you can do it for years and like kind of have it make it work, you can then try it again and just totally bomb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just business in general too, right? Like. Everyone kind of has has successes and, and failures. So, what are some of your favorite parts? Like, what what have been? Has there been any like unexpected benefits of, of the agency model for you? Uh, the thing with the agency, well, I guess obviously the thing I always with with SaaS was, was always just kind of like the bugs and, and the technical things that yeah. always really kind of bother me. I'm glad I don't really have a lot of those types of things nowadays. <laughs> um, but uh, at the end of the day. Uh, you know, it's yeah, it's kind of just business. And I, what I always like is working with the team and just kind of like coming up with uh, the priorities and what our strategy is and what are, and how can we make something better. You know, so yeah, if nice. it's if it's an onboarding, uh, you know, flow in the software, or if it's an onboarding form or document for a client or some sort of experience, just thinking about like how can we kind of level up, how we can kind of make this something better. Mm-hmm. And just when you think you kind of like have everything kind of going well, um, then like take another look at it, break the whole thing apart, and you'll kind of figure out to make a way better. That's a really good mindset, actually. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I've actually got a day. I do daily theming, right? Um, I bring this up all the time on the podcast. People are like, here we go. He's going to say his daily themes again. But, you know, for me, Monday is content. Um, Tuesday today is like uh, promotional stuff. So I'm going to probably do some link building type work or whatever. Um, and then Wednesday's relationships. Thursdays are process and automation days and team days, right? It's all kind of, that's a lot of stuff together. But really, that just means like find something and improve it. Like find the way something works, like whether that's look at a process and make it better or look at some onboarding emails and make them better. Um, you know, I, I think that's really good to look at the, the similar continual improvement in your, your process and, and automation. Yeah, that's my favorite part of, the, of business, honestly, just kind of like looking at a process, thinking about how to make it better, making it better, and then realizing three months later that like it still sucks and I need to make it better. <laughs> yeah, like... 
I feel like that's almost what a business owner should be doing, right? Is like, because all that other stuff, like con- writing content, maybe I probably shouldn't be doing that. Doing like <laughs> promotion, marketing stuff, maybe I should have someone for that. But, you know, bootstrapping, you don't really have the, uh, the luxury of doing that. So here's a question that I know a lot of people, like marketing is always a hot topic on the podcast. So I'm interested to hear where your clients come from for um, Shortlist. Yeah, so the really original clients uh, mostly came from networking, uh, and, and I have my partner to thank for that because he uh, is a guy, uh, David Hensel, um, like former Max CDN, and, and now he, he does a bunch of different well. stuff, um, and he, he he's a good networker. He likes to go to conferences, he likes to make personal connections with people, um, and so he kind of immediately had some people to send their away. And, you know, I mean, a digital marketing agency, digital marketing services, kind of like you just mentioned, as like you were looking at our services and we say, oh, I could use that. I mean, kind of anybody could say that. It doesn't mean everyone's going to be a customer, but no one's like really going to look at it and be like, yeah, I don't really need that. You know, it's like everybody needs it. It's just a question of whether or not, you know, you, you actually want to kind of take that step. Yeah. Um, so it's a, sort of an easy, easy kind of sell. Um, that said, I mean, obviously, uh, there's like a finite limit to somebody's network. Um, so the next step um, that we decided to pursue was some email outreach uh, yeah. because that was uh, a very low, uh, low everything, low, <laughs> low cost, low work um, method of, of getting in touch with people. Um, what we did or have been doing, though, again, was to try to make it more personalized. So we actually do like a mini analysis of each company prior to sending them an email yeah. uh, because I feel that like nowadays... Um, that's going to be more, more more successful, and it kind of gets oh, us like absolutely, a yeah, yeah. Uh, especially like in an ag- with an agency model where there's like uh, so many other agencies offering the same services. You know, you really have to kind of like stand out. So, um, so we've been doing that. That's been going well. But then again, I feel like we've hit another like a little bit of a I don't know ceiling or something. So we're kind of looking for that next channel. And what we really need to do is to do our own inbound marketing. We've been really like sloppy about doing hmm. our own inbound marketing, growing our own traffic. Uh, to the point that sometimes I think when we reach out to the people that actually know a little bit about inbound marketing, they'll take a look at our website and be like, uh, well, why would I trust you guys to do my inbound marketing? Because you guys <laughs> don't even have like a blog post up or anything. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's just creating a little bit of doubt and we need to fix that. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I mean, it, I, I can see why they have doubt, but at the same time, I guess like if you know the service or you know the people behind it, it's fine, but then you, now you're going to be dealing with people that you don't know and they're coming in cold sort of thing. Yeah, so I can totally, totally see that. I guess you could almost lean on the uh, the previous things, you know, as, as like a resume and injury outreach and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, in like maybe in our world, for example, a couple people might know like my name and they might know Ninja Outreach and stuff like that. And, and for sure that, that helps uh, in the beginning. But when you start to get into like these other niches, like I mentioned, like crypto, like nobody knows who the heck I am in those yeah. places. And so my brand is like almost meaningless there. Yeah, I guess you could like, I don't know. I feel like you could point them at the site and be like, we did inbounds. Or did you? Like was actually was outbound a big thing with Ninja Outreach as well? To, for no, it was, it was all inbound. It's all inbound. Oh, cool. Well, there you go. There's your resume. <laughs> yeah, awesome. pretty much. Because what? Yeah, out, given it as an outreach tool, I was. It, that's funny. You did an outreach tool where the the uh, the thing was inbound, and now you're doing an inbound thing where the the tactics outbound. <laughs> kind of, always a maverick here. <laughs> Loving it. Hey, so 
how has COVID been uh, for your business? You know, like, has that been hard to deal with? Have you had to adapt in any way? Yeah, I don't think it's been ideal. Um, it hasn't been like game ending. Uh, March and April, I think, were kind of scary times. Uh, obviously, like businesses were being shut down. And uh, I think there was uh, very much of an air of, hey, we're in a recession. Everyone's got to kind of tighten up their wallets. Uh, I don't really have time to spend on marketing or growth right now. That's not my priority. My priority is like keeping the lights on. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't say we like lost a lot of business. I think maybe we lost maybe a little bit of business. I heard from some other agencies um, in, who maybe had a very um, focused uh like campaign and services, uh, some of them got crushed. Um, yeah. Luckily, things started to kind of pick up again in, in May and June, and, and sort of the general kind of atmosphere is, is more positive. I, I still think people are not really sure, like, what's going on. Like, are we in trouble or are we not in trouble? It's yeah, like nobody it's a really knows. Funny spot. <laughs> but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, 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 the long-term feeling for me is very optimistic in the digital marketing space because this pandemic, I think, is making all companies take a look at their digital marketing strategy. Are they, do they have a good website? Are they able to maybe sell their products online? Uh, their team working remote? Uh, all these different types of things, I think, is kind of going to create the, even more demand in the online marketing space. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, e-commerce, for one, has just gone gangbusters. Like, yeah, I, I blowing to- up. I spoke to a company that did their forecasted um, yearly revenue in April. You know, it's <laughs> stuff like that going on, and you know everyone's realizing they need to be more online and and whatever. Um, and so, like I've seen a lot of that going on in the agency space, like agency coaches talking about how this is like the best time for agencies. And I think I think you're right. Um, I know a lot of people panicked at, at first. Um, you know. I think agencies not so much like I, I noticed less of a pronounced effect in in like agency I guess sentiment over the whole thing because a lot of people were getting work because of COVID um, you know but it's funny how quick it all bounced back like you said too and it's really evident you can see it in graphs like Amar we were talking about before I think they lost 30% of their revenue uh, monthly recurring revenue in their SaaS in, in a month and they had it all back pretty much in a month or two like you can nice. see just this huge dip and yeah. it comes come straight back in his graph. And I mean, even the stock markets look like that, right? It's just For sure, boom, yeah. Boom. Imagine how Amara must have been feeling like at that low point because oh. he didn't know it was going to come back. Yeah, like that would be devastating. Yeah, I guess a lot of people are going to have that same kind of feeling though, right? Like there's some businesses that still aren't coming back. Um, you know, looking at travel and all that sort of thing, it's not it's not fun. Yeah. But yeah. Dave, look, um, if, is there anything else you think we should cover before, uh, before we wrap this up? No, I, th- I feel this was, yeah. this, was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a cool uh, conversation. I hope that um, you know, agencies listening have I just got more of an idea around like SaaS versus agency. I know a lot of people um, might see it as like, a, I don't know, like grass is greener type thing sometimes. I've definitely known some friends like that. So, um you know, if, that, if that's you, maybe this has given you some uh, <laughs> some good feels, uh, you know, knowing that what you're doing is totally fine. And um, maybe you got some ideas on and where you can get clients as well. I know we covered that a little bit. Um, Dave, thanks so much for, for sharing your journey. Thanks so much for having me. 
That's it. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you have enjoyed it, please share it with someone you think will get something out of it or leave us a review. It really helps us get in the uh, ears of more awesome entrepreneurs like yourself. That's it. And I'll see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.